Hello and welcome to the Confident Moms Podcast. I am your host, Laura Dry, and you are listening to episode number 33, Emotional Child versus Emotional Adult. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. How is everybody? I am recording this episode on St. Patrick's Day. And funnily enough, um, just yesterday I saw a post on social media that was just, um, it was a really great post just talking about basically hold your horses, moms, when you go and judge the other moms who take St. Patrick's Day to the nines and do all the fanciest of things and create such elaborate, fun, exciting um, holidays for their kids in all sorts of different ways. And we see those all over the internet. And sometimes when we see that, our um, instinct is to judge that because maybe we're not doing the same and maybe we feel bad about that. Um, and there's this, this really relates to what I want to talk about today, which is emotional childhood versus, versus emotional adulthood. Um, because sometimes when other people do things, we think, um, they are attacking us in some way or, or that they are somehow creating our feelings. They're creating our anger or our sadness or our, negative feelings that we have towards ourselves, and we blame them. And essentially this is what emotional childhood is. Now, before I get into this topic, I want to share that, um, I, every year we normally, I have my kids, the ones that want to anyways, my oldest ones are getting a little bit too old. They sometimes participate, but I, I have them, they want to build a, a leprechaun trap. So they get old cardboard box and they'll paint it and they'll make a little bedroom for a leprechaun and we'll put it outside the door on St. Patrick's Day Eve. And um, in the morning, we usually had had a leprechaun sighting where they come to their little leprechaun house and leave some treats. And it's really fun and it's really exciting for my kids. But this year, my kids said nothing about St. Patrick's Day. Usually they ask me for this. Um, the last few years, I haven't had to, you know, go out of my way to say, Hey, let's do this. They've just gone ahead and done it. And I don't know what happened, but this year we forgot about St. Patrick's Day. And this morning when I got my two little kids up, I said to Cohen, my youngest son, I said, happy St. Patrick's Day. And he immediately got so sad and upset and he covered his face and he said, we didn't build a leprechaun house. And he was so, so sad about that. And in that moment, I felt a little bit guilty that I didn't remind him about it, but we quickly, I let him be sad. I told him it was okay to be sad and that maybe we could build one tonight and see if the leprechauns are still around. He didn't like that idea very much. He said they won't be around and he was really sad. And then I offered that maybe we'd go to McDonald's and get a shamrock shake. And that seemed to make things a little bit better. So, um, 
I'm not really sure what the moral of that story is other than maybe there's always a way to make things work out in the end. And sometimes it's actually just the way, the way that we can work things out is by allowing our kids to be sad about things and to choose to not make it mean anything about us and that it's just a learning experience. It's just a part of life. So on to emotional adulthood, adulthood versus emotional childhood. Now, I have to say that this is something that really impacted me when I first learned about it. Um, and the way that I first learned about it is I was surfing the net years ago and I came across this online quiz. Who loves a quick online quiz as much as me? Anyways, this online quiz was find out your emotional maturity level. Like, are you an emotional child or are you an emotional adult? I thought, well, like I'm in my thirties. I'm definitely an emotional adult. Like I thought I was doing pretty good <laughs> as most of us oftentimes do. We think that we are amazing. Um, me anyways, I'm a little competitive. So I'm like, yeah, I'm totally an emotional adult hundred percent of the time. And so I did this quiz and I have to say, I was a little disappointed in my findings. I realized that most of the time I was not showing up as an emotional adult. A lot of the time I was stuck in emotional childhood behaviors, thoughts, and feelings. And so I want to explain for you briefly and define what is emotional childhood and what is emotional adulthood. So emotional childhood is basically when we don't take responsibility for how we feel. It's not taking responsibility for our pain, but also not taking responsibility for the joy that we experience or the happiness in our lives and recognizing that, you know, others don't make us happy, not expecting others to make us feel secure or confident, and also recognizing that we are the only ones that can hurt our feelings. And we do this by the thoughts that we choose. Now, if you think about a child, okay, a child is, you know, they actually don't have the capacity to think everything through and decide that, you know, why are they feeling this way? They just show up and they just feel this way. And so as, as children, you know, or even young adults, we're not really offered a class that teaches us how to be emotional adults. I think we just turn 18 and the world expects us to manage our emotions in happy, positive ways. And to, and maybe the world doesn't expect that. Maybe it's something that we learn as we go, but even in my thirties, I still hadn't learned some of this. I was still in emotional childhood. A lot of the time, blaming others for my feelings, not taking responsibility for my life and the decisions that I was making kind of blaming the outside world for where I was and for the things that weren't going right or so seemingly weren't going right for me. And as adults, we are definitely capable of reflecting on our thoughts. And because that is true, 
it means that in any given moment, we can decide what we want to think and we can have emotional um, or we can experience emotional adulthood through taking control of our circumstances by taking control of the way that we think about them. And that essentially is emotional adulthood. Okay. There is the um, such importance to emotional maturity and how it affects our relationships and our overall well-being. And as we focus on that and are more aware of the ways that we're showing up in emotional childhood, we can then pivot that. We can then learn and grow from that and see, ooh, how would I change this to show up in a more emotional adult way in this moment? Okay. Emotional adulthood is taking responsibility for your pain and your joy. Emotional adulthood is not expecting your spouse to be the one that shows up in a certain way so that you can be happy. It's realizing you make you happy. Um, It's not expecting others to make you feel secure, whether that's in your relationships or in your relationship with you. Actually, that's confidence is you deciding to be happy with you. It's you choosing to think thoughts that will make you feel secure in you and not putting the responsibility on others to do that for you. And by the way, when we choose to um, be responsible for that ourselves, it is so much more empowering and we spend way less time waiting around living our lives in the way that we want because we have so much more control over us than we do other people. And other people aren't always going to show up doing the things that we need them to for us in that moment. And so it is a really awesome skill to start creating for yourself is creating that emotional adulthood for you. Okay. It's also just knowing and appreciating that you are the only one that can hurt your feelings. Actually, other people what if other people don't have that capability to hurt your feelings? What if they do and say things and you choose to make that mean something that makes you feel hurt, that makes you feel bad? And when you can separate those things, it allows you to show up in a more intentional, empowering way for yourself, essentially igniting yourself in this emotional adulthood that allows you to be confident, that allows you to do the things that you want, no matter what other people think or are doing around you. And again, like I said, that is really, really empowering. So common characteristics of emotional childhood. I mean, you can kind of picture a child. How do they behave? Like I have four kids. Okay. They react to their emotions. They act out. They maybe avoid their emotions rather than taking full responsibility for them. They will, um, maybe say not kind things. They will throw things or stomp their feet or run away or all of the things that kids do. How often are we as adults doing those things in our more adult ways? Like I just think about me, just even sometimes I catch myself on the road saying some rude things to people who maybe do things that I don't, I think I talked about this on the podcast recently. Like somebody will just do something that I think is maybe passive aggressive or, or 
not a great way to show up on the road. Totally like say things out loud in my car to them. It's kind of like me allowing that person, the thing that they did, which they're probably in their own world, not thinking about me, but I just create this big, huge drama around it. And that is me not taking responsibility for my feelings, me blaming the other person in the car for how I'm showing up in that moment. And it's so sometimes just so quickly happens without even realizing it. And so I love how, as we become for me, anyways, when I took that quiz, I realized, Oh, this is a thing. And how am I actually showing up like an emotional child in my life? And why might I not want to do that? Why might I want to learn or be more intentional about transitioning from emotional childhood in some areas of my life to emotional adulthood? Now, I want to give you a couple examples of what this might look like. Now, one example that came to my mind as I thought about this topic was just that, um, you know, in the, in the media, we had, um, Kanye West show up to an award show and storm on the stage when Taylor Swift was getting the award. He didn't believe that, um, Taylor Swift was deserving of that. And he was going to let everybody know it. Okay. He stormed that stage. He took the microphone from her and he declared to the world that Beyonce deserved that award instead. Now, recognizing that maybe this was a reflection of some emotional immaturity at that time. He was unable to control his emotions. He was unable to prioritize the feelings of somebody else over his own desires to be right, maybe for a little bit of attention or recognition, or maybe it really just felt like Beyonce was wronged. I'm not really sure. But in that setting, was that super appropriate? I remember a time as a child, um, we were visiting some family and it was, we were having a big barbecue, tons of people there, friends, family. I was probably about eight or nine. I don't know. I was pretty young. And, um, we, there was a conversation going on about something and I, <laughs> I heard somebody speaking about something that my dad had just told me a week before that he didn't like, or he didn't really appreciate so much. And so everybody was having a conversation about this thing that my dad had just told me he wasn't a fan of and he didn't like. And I'm not sharing details just to um, protect privacy, but I, because my dad had told me he didn't like it. And I thought at that time, I just, I didn't have the capacity to think about what I was doing and how, what I was going to share would affect other people. And I, I'm not a super, I was pretty shy, but for some reason, because my dad had told me this thing. And because these other people were talking about this thing, I thought I had Intel that everybody needed to know. And I got right up on top of the picnic table. And before I knew it, I had yelled out to the whole crowd. My dad hates the thing. And the whole crowd 
uh, went completely silent and everybody kind of looked at my dad. My dad was mortified (laughs) and everyone kind of just laughed a little and went on with their conversation. But that to me was just the perfect example of emotional childhood. I didn't realize the effects of what I was saying or doing. I didn't care what it meant to do that. Kind of like Kanye West. Like I did not prioritize anything other than what my desire to share the thing that I knew so that I could maybe get some recognition for that or so that maybe I thought I was saving the day. And maybe Kanye was the same way. Um, But again, noticing, hey, in that moment, where was his emotional maturity at? Emotional childhood or emotional adulthood? Okay, another couple great examples that I just want to share um, and maybe recognize, hey, is there a little bit of this for you in your life? Okay, maybe, um, maybe sometimes in our relationships, we give over our power to the other person in our relationship because we believe that they are responsible for our emotions or they're responsible for making us happy. So let's share the example of, you know, a a couple, maybe a husband or a wife. And maybe there's things, and I know that this has definitely been the case in, in my relationship with my husband, where I want him to show up in a certain way. Maybe I want him when he puts a load of laundry on to not just put it in the washing machine, but also put it in the dryer before it becomes stinky and gross. And then after it's dry, maybe take it out of the dryer and maybe fold those things and maybe see it through all the way to putting the things away so that I don't have to stare at the basket for two weeks. Okay. Maybe that's just one example of a hundred that we could pinpoint in our home life, in a marriage where we want our husband to show up in a certain way. And when they don't, we believe that it's their fault for us being frustrated or mad or sad because they didn't do the thing. So essentially we are experiencing some emotional childhood when we believe that somebody else causes our emotions. Okay. And when we're in that space, we all we're caring about is, is being in a state of trying to control the other person because we think that that's how to fix it. If I could just make him do the things the way that I want him to do the things, then I can feel better. Okay. And so it's you, if you follow through on my requests, then I get to be happy and I get to show up not grumpy and mad in this relationship. And our emotions just become this all over the place because maybe I, or we're trying to control another person's actions and we just don't have that control anytime in our lives. We don't have the control to, to, to control, uh, or we don't have the capability to control another person's actions. We're not a pawn, uh, or our husband is not a pawn on our, uh, emotional chessboard. But what we do is we make, um, our husband's the pawn on, on our emotional chessboard. Another really great example that I want to share is maybe we have a weight loss goal. 
Hey, maybe we decide that um, enough is enough and we've tried everything and this next final thing is is really going to stick. But then things kind of fall off the wagon for the hundredth time and maybe you choose to be angry that you haven't been successful. And because you're an emotional eater, you know, this just keeps the cycle going. And what happens is you start blaming the diet plan. You start getting frustrated and rebel against that plan. And essentially the diet plan becomes the parent. Okay. And you start thinking in your brain, things like, you can't tell me what to do diet plan. And I'm not going to eat that. Or I did everything you said, and I still gained weight. It's all your fault. Like we totally and completely give our power and our emotions over to a diet plan, a number on a scale, a plan that we didn't stick to in the first place. And really what we're doing is functioning from a place of blame, feeling sorry for ourselves and wanting that diet or our health or the diet plan to take care of us and be responsible for our happiness. And do we, do we take the blame for it not working out? No, it's much easier to be in a place of emotional childhood and blame the diet or blame, you know, the event that we go to that has all the delicious food out. Oh, if they just didn't have all that food out, then I wouldn't have broke protocol and I would be further along on my weight loss journey, right? So essentially it's noticing where we're not taking responsibility for the decisions that we're making. And we're trying to um, set that blame outside of us in order to um, maybe feel safer and maybe feel better about ourselves in some way. Um, oftentimes when I am, and I, I kind of wanted to touch upon, you know, how do we transition from a place of emotional childhood to emotional adulthood? And I think that some really great strategies for this, the first really great strategy is practicing self-reflection. And this is my shameless plug here, but one of the best ways for practicing self-reflection is having a life coach. A life coach is not there to tell you what you want to hear, to tell you that, you know, your husband's wrong and that maybe if you just do more, you'd get to feel better. Okay. A life coach is really there to help you see how you are giving your power away to other people or to circumstances, how you're essentially not in control of how you're feeling by what you're choosing to think and how you're choosing to feel about certain circumstances in your life, whether you can control them or not. And so when we get into a regular habit of being able to practice self-reflection and really see what's actually creating some of our pain, we have so much more power. So self-reflection, as hard as that is sometimes, as hard as it is to look in the mirror and take responsibility for our life, 
for maybe some of our goals that haven't um, materialized for maybe how we're feeling. It really is the best way out to a more confident, empowered life. Okay. Taking responsibility for your emotions. And also, again, I mean, this goes hand in hand, seeking support from others. How are others in your life that you see experiencing that emotional adulthood? What are they doing? And how could they help you? And as a coach and as somebody who is coached weekly, I can tell you that one of the best ways that I have been able to practice emotional adulthood and notice where I'm not doing that has been from being able to recognize what's going on in my brain, my thinking, and to think about it. Think about my thinking. Is it serving me? Is it actually true? And what kind of results is it creating for me? What is the pain that I'm choosing right now because of what I'm choosing to believe? And because I am seeking to blame others and because maybe I'm looking to be validated right now and because maybe I'm not willing to um, see a little bit more clearly how I'm responsible for how I'm feeling right now. Okay. I, I do want to say that even if you are very well practiced and successful at being an emotional adult, like I would say, I'm pretty, I'm pretty practiced at it. I'm pretty good at noticing when I'm in emotional childhood, when I'm kind of that mom having a temper tantrum on <laughs> in the kitchen or as I'm getting, trying to get my kids out the door and things are not going well, sometimes I slip into that emotional childhood and I show up in a way that maybe I regret or that I'm not super proud of. We have to recognize that just noticing that is us being more of an emotional adult. And we are not perfect humans and we're not meant to show up perfectly as emotional adults all the time. But I do believe that, the, that we are meant to be seeing when we're not. We are meant to be noticing when we are showing up in our lives as emotional children. And as we notice that, and as we see what that creates for us, we are more prone to want to work on being more successful and practicing being in emotional adulthood more. We are going to slip up. We are going to let our emotions lead sometimes and slip into emotional childhood sometimes. But the difference is that in those times, we maybe won't argue with it. We maybe will accept it. We won't try and hide it or blame others for it. Instead, we might choose to apologize to somebody or we might choose love. And essentially, it allows us to step into who we want to be a little more easily. And who, what is the kind of mom I want to show up as? What is, who, who do I want to be in my relationships. And we can do that by recognizing when and how, and maybe what are some of the triggers for us for slipping into that emotional childhood sometimes during our day. Um, I want to encourage you to Think about embracing your emotional adulthood. What might change for you if you were willing or noticed the ways that you maybe are blaming others for your feelings? And what might change if you, as 
painful as it can be sometimes, we're to take more responsibility for that. Okay, maybe try writing down some examples of where you're acting like an emotional child. Where are you placing blame? Being an adult requires more effort than it does lingering in emotional childhood. Emotional childhood is a little easier, but maybe it's not easier in the long run when we have relationships that are full of drama and are really hard to navigate. Um, how might things change if you were willing to embrace your emotional adulthood a little bit more and commit to your emotional growth in this area? Yes, it does require a little more responsibility, but anyone who is an adult, I mean, I think that there are definitely pros to having more responsibility. Life is a little bit sweeter and we can take that step forward towards managing ourselves in our mind. So we aren't dependent on other people for how we think, for how we feel or how we act. And I want you to explore how you can take more responsibility, how you can stop blaming. And if you tried this on, how would that change the results that you're getting in your life? And I promise that once you see that difference, you'll be so glad that you took the first step of noticing where in your life that you are acting like an emotional child. Try this on. And I hope everybody has an amazing week. Enjoy the sunshine and we will see you for another episode next week. If you are ready to grow your confidence, get unstuck or feel better so that you can become happier in your motherhood and all the other areas of your life, then I would love to invite you to come work with me. Head on over to lauradrycoaching.com to learn more, access all my free content, or book a consultation with me. You deserve confidence, and I would love to help you access yours.